All right, it is 11 o'clock, everyone. Welcome to the Power Half Hour, and today we have a very special guest. This man is loved by at least 20,000 people on TikTok. I don't know how many people love him on IG, but um, just from my friends alone, a lot of people uh, say that I love that guy when they see you on my social media. So none other than Mr. That Agent Kelly, uh, Mr. Connor Kelly, hello, thank you, and welcome. Of course, man. Thanks for having me on. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I'm loved by twenty thousand people. There's quite a few of them that actually hate me, but that's okay too. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about that, because uh, Mr. Connor Kelly is a TikTok and social media sensation. Tell us about follower versus um, fans. Follower versus fans. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, there's people who just kind of follow you because you have interesting stuff to say they may not necessarily like you right but i you know i think what i've found is that the longer somebody consumes your content they you can kind of convert them into fans so like i've seen this happen where i've had haters people that drop hateful comments on everything and then eventually you just say something that they agree with and it's hard to hate somebody that you're in agreement with, right? So yeah. you know, people base their entire opinion on you based on like a 12 second video that they see one time. They watch you say something for 12 seconds, they formulate an opinion of you in their head, right? But after they've watched hours and hours and hours of you putting out content, eventually you're gonna say something that they agree with, right? So, mm. you know, I've been able to convert uh, haters to fans that way. And wow. Grant Cardone always says, he's like, I need some new haters, man. All the old ones are starting to like me. Right. And it's so, that it's awesome. so true. Right. It's just like, I, I don't, that's why I don't, I don't block anyone off my page, no matter how hateful they are, no matter how much, you know, bad stuff they say or whatever. I just leave them there because the more content I put out eventually, I'm going to say something they like. You're so natural with it and you're so good and this, it's not easy. Right. But how do you deal with the hate on social media? Like, it gives me, every time I see a hate comment or a troll comment, I have this physiological reaction in my body, like, how do you deal with it? Yeah, and I appreciate those words, man. But I think it comes down to like a fundamental mindset of just like, to be successful in like business entrepreneurship, um, you gotta be okay with rejection. Um, and they, they say like, I remember there's like this meme of like this baby wolf that's like beaten down, lying on the ground. And then there's, you know, a bigger wolf that has a bunch of arrows in his back and stuff like that. Uh, life doesn't get easier. We just get stronger. Right. So I just take the mentality that like, yeah, these, these comments are saying terrible stuff and whatever it's making me stronger. Right. I'm growing thicker skin. If I can put up with this, you know, bullshit, then I can put up with anything kind of deal. Right. Yeah, it hits differently though because you get um, clients rejecting us or, you know, agents giving us shit. But online hater is another level, I believe. And I, I'm, not, I'm not so used to it yet. I, I get this like, Ugh. so is it just the more you are exposed to it, you become more sensitive, desensitized to it or know how to handle it? You do get desensitized to it. Um... Also, I, I think, and like not to sound like egotistical or anything like that, but if you know, if you're good at your job, if you go to the gym every day, you take care of your body, you look good, whatever. Somebody's hating on you. It's just like 
what do you look like? You know what I mean? Like, what do you do with your life that you feel right. like you need to hate on me? I, I guarantee I'm doing everything I possibly can to live the best life possible and be successful. And I guarantee if you're typing these comments on my TikTok, you're probably not doing that, right? So you just have that, that, that mindset that like, I'm better than whoever this person is. And yeah. then their words don't affect you because hate never comes from above you. It only comes from below you. Somebody uh, who's obviously like John Sai is never going to leave a hateful comment on my page because John Sai is, you know, a multimillionaire with tons of followers and blah, blah, blah. He's not going to be going, that Agent Kelly, you look like you're tired today and your hair sucks or whatever, right? So, <laughs> uh, that's never going to come from above you, right? So the second somebody starts hating, you can pretty much automatically assume that it's coming from a place that's below you for the most part. Absolutely. Wow. That's great advice. And guys, if you're creating content out there, you just got to create more content and the hate comments will come in. And you know what? When you're getting hate comments, it means that you, it means you're doing something. It's better than no comments because you have no engagement. Exactly. So take it as an opportunity. They like something. They like something about your content because if it mm. wasn't interesting enough, they wouldn't leave a comment in the first place. There was something that you did in that video where they found it interesting enough or it invoked some type of emotional reaction. Like, like if you can invoke an emotional reaction out of somebody to the point where they feel they have to leave a hateful comment, you control them. If you can Ooh. control how they feel, right? <laughs> like that's their problem. It's not your problem. You know what I mean? Like obviously yeah. they like something about your, your, it's interesting enough to them that they had to take the time out of their day to leave a comment, right? So uh, you're doing something right if people are leaving comments either way. That's so true. So true. You're doing something right. Don't take it as a negative, take it as a positive and keep creating content. A lot of agents though, Connor, they don't even turn on the camera to film themselves. They don't want to look bad. They don't even like the way they look. What advice do you have for people wanting to create content? Yeah, I mean, I guess like in another way of saying this, well, like first off, if you don't like the way you look, you know, that's how you look, right? So <laughs> accept it. You know, whether you, uh, you, you post a video or not, the way you look is going to continue to be the way you look right now. Now it's just on video instead. So it doesn't, it's not like people, it's not like you're going to be this 10 out of 10 attractive person. And then you post a video and then people are just gonna be like, Oh, they're ugly as hell. I don't like them anymore. Right. Like that's how you look. Right. So just accept that that's how you look. Right. And secondly, a lot of people are fearful of getting hate comments, which we kind of covered is, is a good thing. And you know, the comment section in your content is part of the experience of somebody following you and being on your channel. When you're consuming social media content, the first thing you do is go into the comments to see what people are saying about that, that content, right? So you need the comments. You don't want to delete or block people that are leaving negative comments because it's part of the experience of your channel. People love the controversy. They love that stuff. They love reading it. And something that I always say too is like for people that are People are mostly fearful of like people they know hating on them. Right? So, you know, something that I've adopted and something that I've said many times, and I don't even remember where I heard this, but when you first start putting out content, people have a version of you that they've created in their head, right? Like this Ooh. is this is John Side, this is how I know him, right? Yeah. The second you start your content journey and you start creating content, to them, it's like you're being inauthentic or fake because that is incongruent with the John side that they've created in their head. That's not how oh. they know you, right? 
So right away, they're like, he's being inauthentic. I don't like what he's doing. Why is he trying to do this, right? But after mm-hmm. you've consistently been doing that for a couple months, then it becomes normal to them. They just create a new version of John Sai in their head, and wow. then there's really no reason to, like, talk crap about you anymore, right? So psychologically, you know, as they watch enough of your content, you're like, that's consistent with who he is now. Exactly. Right? So you just got to keep creating content, but be authentic. People kind of want to put up a front, I think. Um, some people, I'm not saying all, but you are completely authentic because we met a couple times and you on video on TikTok or Instagram is exactly the same person. Uh, talk a little bit about authenticity and why it's important. It's important because people, people will fall in love with who you are and mm. when they meet you in person for a listing appointment or they want to buy something, they want the same person that they see on the camera. So don't change your speech. Don't change anything. I mean, obviously, the only thing I do is swear less, but I have to. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, you know, I try to be exactly who I am. And then, like, furthermore, to the point of, like, people, you know, people you know hating on you, something that a lot of people talk about, like, really highly successful people talking about, like, if you want to get to the next level, you have to level up your character. You have to constantly reinvent who you are, right? Uh, you know, the hundred grand Connor that I was before will never get to 500 grand Connor. So I have to reinvent and create a new version of myself anyways. Right. So there's always going to be controversy and hate because people just naturally don't like change, but you have to change. You have to reinvent yourself. You have to grow your character and become a new person. Right. Interesting. So that means that you need to create uh, reinvent yourself all the time and get better but still being the same Connor, being the same authentic Connor. So how is that, um, you know, then what, what do you think of this uh, phrase, fake it till you make it? There is some truth behind it. I, you know, it it works, obviously. I've never practiced that. Like, I'm very open about the fact that mm. I've only been a realtor for a year and a half. Um, people just need to trust you, right? Mm. Um, I think people put a lot of... I guess, weight on experience. Experience to me is um, not not useless. Like it has, it holds weight for sure. But the thing is, you know, you could have somebody who's been doing a job for 20 years, but they've done the same uh, year 20 times. Where you can have somebody who's been doing that job for two years, they may have more experience than the guy who's been doing it for 20 years, right? So just because I've been a realtor for a year and a half doesn't necessarily mean that I'm more inexperienced than people who have been doing it for five, six years. At the end of the day, what's most important to people is that they can trust you, and they can trust you because you're authentically being yourself on camera. I love it. Yeah. So I heard the other day, uh, it's not uh, how many years you've been in business, it's how much knowledge, how much skill you have that they trust you. So I didn't even know you've only been in a year and a half. So basically when I found you on TikTok, that's when you started real estate. That is when I started. Oh my gosh. And guys, uh, Connor was able to do 57 transactions in his first year in real estate. How? One word. How? I think it just comes down to authenticity, man. Like, I think that's what it was. Like, I see a lot of people putting out content that's good content, but they're still a little bit holding back from who they are. Like, they're changing their speech. Their speech is a little bit more robotic. Um, sometimes I screw up when I'm talking, and I just leave it in the video just because it shows yeah. people that that's how I talk. That's who I am. I'm not hiding anything. Um, that kind of thing. I, I think I think that's why was I just... 
I develop another big thing is like I developed the mentality is that the most well-known agent is usually going to beat the agent who's better, right? Mm. My goal is basically visibility. If I, right. it's always a numbers game, right? You know this best. Cold yeah. calling, door knocking, anything's a numbers game. So if I can increase the numbers, maybe the conversion rate is super small. But if I have ton- big, big numbers, I'm going to close yeah. some deals. Right. So my my path since the very beginning is just getting as many people as possible to know who I am. And that's translated to deals because the net that I'm casting is extremely large. Right. And, bro, you are famous, uh, whether you like it or not. And uh, through the power of social media, um, how how much of the uh, 57 transactions would you say came from TikTok, Instagram, Facebook alone, like social media? Man, probably like. 45 of those 45 transactions from social media okay okay that's like people are gonna call it bullshit okay but here's the thing I believe it because you're you you have 20,000 followers that can give you a lot of leads um, but you still have to take them off of the platform and talk to them right so how did you work on your sales skills to convert I'm just brutally honest with people um, mm. If I think it's a bad idea to buy something, I'll tell somebody it's a bad idea, even if wow. it means losing the deal. You know, I've told clients, you know, I had one client, I told him not to buy into a pre-sale. It was 1200 bucks a square foot. He went and bought it with another agent, um, even though I told him not to buy it. And, you know, he's down pretty heavy on that pre-sale now, right? Yeah. Um, I've had a few situations like that. But at the end of the day, if you're just honest with people... Um, they're going to trust you. It's a lot easier to convert those clients instead of trying to, you know, maybe just push them into something or whatever it may be. Not that people out there are doing that, but, um, yeah, I think it really just like, if you're just your authentic self all the time, you're saying what you actually think without beating around the bush. Um, it's, it's that mentality I think is lacking. Right. Yeah. What, why is that? Why do people, I mean, I don't want to say lie, but like, withhold why do they withhold i think they're just scared of of losing the sale possibly yeah you know what i mean like i i think that's what it comes down to um there's another guy uzair muhammad you know he's really really good at this he's you know got licensed when i did he's done way more transactions than me he's very brutally honest with his clients Mm. Um, do not buy this you're dumb if you buy this like he will straight (laughs) up say that to people right Um, but it's translated to more and more deals because he gets referrals for being brutally honest with people counterintuitive guys Uh, tell the truth faster and you'll make more sales don't lie to the seller if the price of the home is 1 million and you think you can buy the listing and and price price it at 1.1 million tell them the truth faster Right? My mentor, Mike Ferry, always says, uh, show up, pay attention, tell the truth, and don't be attached to the outcome. It seems like you're really unattached, Connor. H- how do you work on being so unattached? Yeah, so actually exactly what you just said, man. Uh, so I have an older brother and sister who went into NA, and then I have a best friend who is in NA, and something that they teach is surrender the outcome. Mm. Right? That's like... I don't know if it's like something big, but it's something my best friend taught me. Surrender the outcome. Tell the truth and surrender the result of that truth, whatever it is. And if you live by that, it'll pay dividends. Wow. But people are so attached because they are lacking sales. They are lacking uh, paychecks. They are lacking money. 
what advice do you have for people who are desperate and need that paycheck? What would you say? If you chase money, it'll never chase you back. Right? So, it, almost like, uh, I don't know if this is, is like controversial or, or whatever, but uh, typically if you chase girls, they never tend to, you know, chase you back kind of thing. I learned that in high school the hard way, right? But um, if, if you just focus on building your character and becoming a better person, then money becomes attracted to you, Ooh. right? Um, almost like girls in a way, like if you just level up who you are, become a better person, go to the gym, work on yourself, learn more things, um, then girls naturally just become attracted to you, right? So. so good, guys. If you chase money, then money will not chase you. If you chase girls, they yeah. run away. <laughs> Typically. So don't and one of my other mentors, Daryl Rutherford, he always said, if you need it, you can't have it. But if you don't need it, you can have all that you want. I think this is all about the, the unattachment. And you said your brother and sister was in some some sort of program. What was that again? Yeah, like so they were in the Narcotics Anonymous thing. So I okay. learned a lot from that whole experience of them going through that when I was mm. younger, right? They learned a lot. They teach you a lot of good stuff in those programs, man, of just like how to be a better person, right? So... Uh, something that stuck with me is the whole surrender the outcome thing, right? Re surrender regardless of, of, of what happens, do the right thing, no matter whatever the outcome is of you doing the right thing, right? Wow. So you can never go wrong doing the right thing and be unattached to the outcome, and that's how you get more, actually. It's so counterintuitive. Most people don't think like that. Um, if we were to... Um, you know, have an agent that would ask you, okay, well, how, how do I get started to get transactions and make more money from social media? What, what would you say? It's a long-term game. Um, it's tough for me to speak on it because I think I was really lucky in the sense that my social media just blew up right away. Um, like my second video I ever posted on TikTok got like 130,000 views or something oh, like God. that. But, but the thing is, I never went into it with that mentality. I went into mm. it with like, okay, Gary V said this works. I'm going to post twice a day consistently for the next year and we'll see what happens. And it just so yeah. happened that like the second video I posted just went nuts. But yeah. I think with social media and just like anything, take a long-term approach. It's going to take a while to build the skills that are necessary to be good at creating content. But before you can get there, you're going to shoot 500 videos that absolutely suck, right? <laughs> just like when you're cold calling, you're going to make, you know, probably 4,000 cold calls before you get your first transaction from cold calling. It's because you haven't built the skills to deserve the transaction. So Ooh. it's the same thing with, you know, social media content. I think just take a really long-term approach, right? I wish, you know, I recently started the YouTube thing. I wish I started it a year ago because I would have already made the mistakes. I'd already have the following. I'd already have figured it out. Um, but like as an, another thing, like when I did my YouTube, you know, people are telling me it's going to take three years to start gaining traction on YouTube, right? Well, I figured that all YouTube creators post once a week is the most common. So, hey, I'm just going to shoot three years worth of YouTube content in 30 days or whatever it was. And I'm going to learn three years worth of shooting YouTube videos as soon as I possibly can. So I shot 50 videos in like 50 days. They were all garbage. The audio sucked. The lighting sucked. Everything about them sucked. I couldn't even talk for more than four minutes because it was just like, it's just such a different way of creating content. 
But now my YouTube's starting to grow and it's rolling now because I made all the mistakes as quickly as possible. I figured it out as quickly as possible. And now I've built the skills to actually create content that doesn't suck. So just have a, a, have a long-term approach. And if you don't have a long-term, so somebody once said to me this, uh, you have to eat shit, right? So <laughs> no matter what, you're going to eat shit, right? So you can either, you know, eat shit slowly over the co course of the next year, right? Or you can take a year's worth of eating shit and compile it down into like two months, right? So if you don't want to take a year to be good at creating social media videos, just shoot a year's worth of content in three months and just get it over with. Guys, eat shit and eat shit faster, right? So you can get better at what you do. I love what you said about cold calling. Um, the fact that uh, people cold call and cold call and cold call, uh, they're not patient enough. And it's because they don't have the skills to deserve the results yet. Yeah. I want to repeat that because it's so good. It's so good. Um, do you still cold call today? Uh, I don't No, not really. I have leads that I call, like I pay for some leads and, and I okay. call them, but I don't actually set aside time to sit and call people. And it's just because I have so many avenues of getting leads these days that, um, you know, I can, I've got videos out there that are prospecting for me. I've got right. listings and stuff that I'm dealing with. Um, but I, I don't set aside time anymore, but I was in the beginning, I would call, you know, 75 people a day. I did that for like, you know, probably two months <clears throat> at the beginning. And then, you know, the social media thing started rolling. And I just got too busy. Guys, Connor calls 75 people a day for two months. Are you willing to eat shit faster <laughs> to get the 50 transaction, 57 transactions in your first year? So I have agents, you know, telling me, oh, I, I want to talk to five to 10 people per day. And uh, for, in most cases, don't hit their goals. What would you say to those agents? You just got to do it, man. Like, it sucks, right? Like, what, whatever you need to tell yourself to do the calls or do the door knocking, tell yourself that and do it, right? Like people won't call because they're like, oh, I have to use this script and I hate this script and I don't like this script. Then don't use the script. Do, do whatever you need to do to make the call. Like use whatever script you want, but just make the calls, right? Like whatever sure, you need to tell call. yourself to just make them, you know, do them, right? And the same thing with content. Yeah, same thing with content. You just got to go out and do it. You are unstoppable, Connor. What, what I'm uh, gathering from this interview, um, you have no fear and you're not afraid to look bad. Uh, how did you work on yourself to become who you are today? Many, many hours of uh, research, listening to podcasts. Books are absolutely massive. Uh, you should be listening to books, watching YouTube content. For a long time, I didn't consume any content for entertainment purposes mm. everything that i consumed was for an educational purpose for at least like three or four years it's pretty much all oh. i did something huge that has really changed my life is not drinking uh, i feel like i've unlocked a cheat code in that uh so when you more you don't know not a drop not a drop uh wow. smoke weed or any of that stuff mm. Um, but I did a lot, you know, for like 10 years every day, drank every weekend, did all the stuff that normal people do, right? Wow. But I, once I cut all that stuff out, my life just went on an uphill trajectory very, very quickly. Um, drinking really messes with your emotional 
the thing is, is like if you want to get into entrepreneurship and be successful, it is very emotional. It's very high highs, mm-hmm. very low lows. That is extremely difficult to deal with when you're drinking because drinking really messes with your emotions and stuff like that. Um, when you're not drinking and you're sober and none of that stuff is in your system, you'll, you'll find your emotions are a lot more you know, stable and even keel. Yeah. It's a lot easier to deal with the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. Um, so That's drinking cute. for sure, I would recommend like cut that shit out right away if you're getting into this business. Just do not do it until – do it later, right, when you're successful or whatever. But cut it out for like a year or two and just watch how your life like instantly changes. My goodness, guys, this is a very emotional business. I mean, you get a client, the client walks on you. You get a contract, the contract falls apart. You know, you get a client happy with you. You get a client super upset with you. And that's just like Monday morning at 730, right? Yeah. So if you can keep your emotions like this, keep your emotions between the lines and keep the lines real close and not drink, you can keep it there. And that's how you become successful like Connor, right? So man, I, I'm just uh, immensely impressed with you. I did not know um, that you've only been in a year and a half. It, it, I was gonna guess eight years, and yeah. I'm like, how come I just just heard of this uh, Connor guy? Who is this Connor guy? Right? <laughs> uh, big congratulations. Um, you, in your previous life, though, do you think uh, being a plumber and what you did before helped with uh, real estate and as a business person? I truly think if I got my license before I ever did plumbing, I would not have been successful. Um, I think that I, I think the reason why a lot of entrepreneurs are successful is because they have experienced a certain amount of pain somewhere mm. in their life, and I think it comes down to a lot of the stuff that you've been you've been exposed to. Um, Simon Sinek says, you know, you can't be successful if you don't have a big enough why, right? Mm. So my why for me, why am I doing this? Why, why am I you know, going on social media? Why am I facing my fears? Why am I doing all this? It's because the option of going back to plumbing for me is too painful. Like I hated that job, man. Like I'm telling you, I hated being a plumber, man. Like I was working like 60 hour weeks, uh, which doesn't sound that bad, but sometimes they were 90 hour weeks. Um, on-call shifts, night shifts. There were times when, like, you, you know when you're a kid and you're so frustrated at something that you literally, it just starts, like, you're so angry, it starts turning into crying, right? I had a few of those moments in the back of my van at, like, 3 in the morning where I'm, like, I'm, like, looking for this part in the back of my van, like, throwing stuff all over the shelves, and I'm, like, so frustrated. I'm, like, literally, like, crying, like, looking for a part in the back of my van. And, like, for me, it's, like, I have to be successful in this because if I don't, I do not have another option. Like, I have nothing to fall back on because being a plumber for me is not an option. Like, I always hear people say, like, oh, that's great. You got a plumbing ticket to fall back on. I'm like, no, you don't understand. (laughs) I do not have a plumbing ticket to fall back on. (laughs) Absolutely not an option for me. So... Um, I think going through all of that for nine years and what I did for that nine years and just absolutely hating it, being depressed, you know, like doing drugs and smoking and whatever as like a a way to escape from that. um, 
that going back to that is just simply not an option for me. So that's that's what motivates me to keep going, right? That sounds like a lot of pain. I just visualize getting frustrated and, and crying like a like a, you know when I was a little boy. I mean, like just like ah, you know, you just want to let your all your emotions out because I hate this. I hate this. You yeah, know, it's, everything's just building up, and you're so angry. It just like somehow <laughs> formulates into like whimpering somehow. Like. <laughs> We never want Connor to go back to that, and I'm glad you burned that boat, and uh, now you are successful in real estate. Connor, thank you so much. Um, thank you. I do have two more questions. Number sure. one is, what do you think the market's going to do in the next uh, 10 months until the end of the year? Tough question, man. If I had to say, well, it's, it's going to go one of two ways, I think. I think it's either going to go down, uh, who knows how much. Or the BOC is going to pivot and we're probably going to be in a mess because inventory is extremely low. Um, mm. That's what I think. I mean, there's a chance that I, I don't I don't think we're going to trade sideways just because Vancouver's never really done that. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, stupid answer to this question. It's going to go up or it's going to go down. But I, I don't think <laughs> that's You know what? That's a great answer because uh, that's the only way to answer it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> there's no crystal ball guys but we will watch the market closely last but not least uh if an agent were to come to you and they said man man i'm struggling what what what, what advice do you have for me what would you say i'd probably start by auditing their life um a quote that really stuck with me that i think back on from time to time is stop doing all the stupid shit that you know you shouldn't be doing <laughs> very simple quote some people won't find value in that quote but literally if you just take a look at your life and being like oh that's stupid i shouldn't be doing that that's stupid i shouldn't be doing that and you literally cut out all of it you will notice that your life will just start to take off right um and i would tell them hey start the social media journey but also cold call and door knock right mm -hmm. I'm lucky enough that my social media took off right away, so I don't really have to do the cold calling and door knocking. But for most people, 99 out of 100, do them both, mm. right? Because the social media thing is a long-term thing, and the cold calling and door knocking gets you business right now, and you need both of them. Yes, sir. You know, I heard this morning uh, Tina Call was saying the same thing. Uh, social media is great, but I think in this market, especially if you're brand new, it needs to be prospecting-based and social media marketing enhanced. Yes. Guys. So keep at it. Don't give up. Connor, um, I believe we need to have a part two of this. This has been a phenomenal, phenomenal conversation, man. I, I just uh, love you to pieces, man. You're, you're the best. And, I uh, love you too, bro. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, big congratulations on the success so far, and all the best for the rest of the year. We'll chat with you soon, man. I appreciate you, bro. Thanks for I having me on. Okay. Thank Thanks you.